What's up, church planners and all you church planning enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter-in-arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planner. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. What's going on, Matt? Oh, man, just living that quarantine life. Living that quarantine life. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to figure out how to spend your quarantine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> did, you, did you come up with that? I did. Man, Actually, see, I came man, up with it about 10 minutes ago, and I've been waiting to use it until we started recording. Um, man, you know, you guys are going to have to learn a lot of things as parents, especially you as a dad, when you guys adopt. But the one thing that you're going to have down is the, the bad dad jokes. Yes, I have been practicing on those. I have. Uh, was that your, Was that the laugh, too, that you just did? Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah, no, I'm, I've got to, I know that's one thing I've got to get down. I got to work on. So I'm working on it, man. Yeah. We, this, this whole thing is, is crazy. This, uh, you know, coronavirus season, everything's kind of been thrown up into the air. And so, you know, if you, those of you who are listening and don't, who don't know, you know, my wife and I've been in the process of adopting internationally. And so that, that's kind of all on hold now. And we don't really know when it's going to, uh, unpause or unfreeze again, but, uh, we'd love your prayers for that. But, uh, yeah, man. We, um, I mean, really today, I think what we want to do is we just kind of want to just uh, share a little bit, talk a little bit about uh, our experiences and uh, kind of talk through what we've been learning uh, as church planners in response to uh, the coronavirus pandemic and just talk about uh, what it looks like to respond um, as a church planter uh, leading your church uh, during a time like this. And so, yeah, man, that's uh, I figured that's what we would talk about today. Yeah, no, I think it's a. I think it's a relevant, obviously, topic. Everybody's thinking about it. You know, I'm. Um, I, it, it's been fascinating to me to hear some of, some of the topics that that pastors are preaching on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I heard this morning a guy who was continuing his eight week sermon series on tithing, and um, and and he was talking about going. He was like going on and on about. Um, you know how ten percent was the Old Testament law and all this stuff, and I'm thinking, man, you know, you gotta you gotta throw away your script when something like this happens. You, you? cannot just so so. Well, that's interesting that yeah. you said that because so on yeah. the first week of all this, I I went away from our sermon series and I preached on Matthew six. Uh, so yeah. uh, two weeks ago, like kind of when this thing first came out, uh, but then this past Sunday uh, we jumped back into our series in Genesis because we felt you didn't preach on tithing. No, I didn't preach on tithing. I preached on marriage because we were in Genesis two eighteen to twenty five, yeah. and so uh, you know I like I made I made application to our current you know um, kind of uh, situation. I mean like my my deal was kind of like look like you know married people you're about to be spending a lot more time together now. And you've got an opportunity where this could either be an explosive situation or this could be a great opportunity for growth since you're going to be, you know, spending time with each other and you're under a lot more stress and there's going to be maybe financial stress that gets introduced. And so what a wonderful time to work on your marriage and to begin to develop healthy rhythms in your home, you know, in terms of family worship and things like that. So that's kind of the direction we took it. But, you know, we just felt like we want to just completely (laughs) abandon everything we were doing and and um you know, act, 
because I, I think you run the risk of maybe almost like feeding into the panic and the the frenzy if like everything just gets thrown for a loop and everything changes. And I, I we want to be kind of a you know provide a sense of steadiness as well to our church. I yeah. guess if that makes sense. So I don't know. That's just what we did. No, I, I think like I, I think that it's it's got there's a time and place for everything. But I remember like um, I, I remember you know, like, uh, when nine 11 happened, like mm-hmm. this is going to be a lot of people's version of nine 11, yep. you know? Yep. And, um, I remember nine 11 happened like a day after, like the Sunday after nine 11, a lot of pastors just kind of did business as usual. And I think that's silly right now. I think you yeah. have to speak into the things that sure. people are dealing with. And I mean, like, um, to your point, like, um, you know, if the series that you're in right now or the things that you're doing um, make sense, then obviously preach it. You know, we're in a series on prayer. So if prayer obviously makes a lot of sense right now. It always makes sense. Yep. But, um, you know, we're not going away from that. We're not we're not going away from yeah. prayer. But, um, you know, the first the first Sunday, you know, I felt like it was appropriate to talk about, you know, just anxiety and, and mm-hmm. fear and dealing with those things people are looking for those things and they're looking for answers from you as the leader. Mm -hmm. Right. So like as church planners um, it's, it's important to speak into that right now because if they don't hear it from us, they're going to get it from somebody else. And I think that's the, that's the challenging point. Yeah. Cause every time I, like I spoke, I was telling you before we started recording, like I was talking to a church member this morning, you know, and she's, she's struggling with anxiety. She's she's having a tough time. And a lot of people are in that scenario right now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who already struggle with stress or depression and anxiety, they, like to be quarantined, to be in your home for weeks on end, Heck yeah. it, it just adds it, man. And, and, and yep. all the statistics tell us that, mm-hmm. you know, when you're not around human beings and you're not interacting, especially single people, people that live alone and stuff, man, it's difficult right now. Yeah, it absolutely is. And um, I, I think that that's going to be something that to watch moving forward for uh, a lot of people, not just, you know, like our church members, but even church planters, you know, because like our routines have all of a sudden changed in a lot of ways. You know, I know, I don't know about you, but a lot of stuff has been canceled for me. Like I was supposed to be traveling a lot, you know, in, um, uh, March, April and May and, you know, just had some, some conferences and some things I was really looking forward to, uh, that are, you know, just, they're they've gone away. Right. And so all of a sudden, right. you know, everything changes. Uh, you're at home a lot and you've got to figure out, okay, what does ministry look like now in this kind of new world that we find ourselves in at least temporarily? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think there's a lot of things that, um, that, that guys are going to have to reevaluate, you know, um, and, and think through, I, I, I think that this is just the beginning to be honest with you. I don't think that this thing is going away overnight. I don't think it's going to like, um, you know, I think, uh, guys that are still talking about Easter. I think that's, you know, you got to start to even, you got to, that's a mistake. I think you got to think through that. I don't think we're going to be back by April 12th. Well, our schools Uh, have already been, they're already, uh, announced through April 27th is the earliest they're going to open up. So Easter's, you know, that's, that's a done deal for us. Like we're, we're doing Easter online. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the best we're going to be able to do. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I was I was listening to a, a webinar um, last week uh, with Jeff Christopherson and Ed Stetzer. Man, it was so good. And Stetzer basically he talked about kind of there being four phases of this coronavirus pandemic, 
And um, I thought it'd be helpful for us to kind of talk to our listeners about it. And then we could talk about everything, all the other stuff too. Yeah. That's well, centered around it. Well, why don't let's jump into that now then. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. Cause some of the stuff you were sharing with me about it, um, I, you know, I definitely think it'd be helpful. Well, he said that he said the first, the first, there's four stages. He said of this, and the first one is going to be pause and innovate. And he said that what he, he said that this is going to be where um, all the pastors and all the church planners were like, everything's got to go online and we're striving and working really hard to go virtual. And he said, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> Obviously you have to do it. But he said the mistake a lot of leaders are making is they're looking at this as the crisis. They're looking at like, having to go online virtually as the, the crisis. Um, and, and he said, he said, that's a huge mistake because he said, this is not the crisis. He said, the crisis is actually potentially coming. And I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, and he said, but, but first you have to pause and innovate and you have to think through about how all this, what, what do you need to, what do you need to do right now? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what do you need to do? Um, and then he said the second step is to prepare and plan. So h- how are you preparing and planning for the next two to four months that this thing could potentially impact? Yep. Like, what is your church going to look like? How are you going to, how are you going to, um, uh, be mission, missional in this time, mm-hmm. in this season, you know, you can't, you can, but like, how wise is it right now to go knock on doors? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, are people going to be into that right now? I mean, like, probably you know, not. Yeah, probably not. Just like thinking through show, all those show, things, right? do, You could do like door to door evangelism and hazmat suits. It'd be interesting. <laughs> oh, man, have you ever heard the good news of Jesus Christ? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, please just leave. Just get off my doorstep. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, yeah. So carry around a fog machine up underneath your hazmat suit yeah. and freak people out. But no, it, he said you got to prepare and plan. And then he said step number three is the engaging and execute. So like, that's when you have to actually execute the preparing and the planning. You got to actually execute how your church is going to be impactful in this season. Like, how are you going to, what's going to be the new norm? Mm-hmm. How are you going to reach your neighbors? How are you going to love your community? How are you going to get the gospel to people? All those kinds of things. And then he said, um, the potential crisis is in step three. Cause he said the potential crisis could be, that this thing does a lot of damage that people are underestimating. Like what do you mean? And he, like sickness, mm-hmm. death. Yeah. Um, he said, you know, if, if, if he said, I don't think that this is, you know, the, the, the bubonic plague or the Spanish flu or anything like that. But he said, if this is g- going to do a lot of damage, if it's, how do you minister effectively? What happens when you, I, I have friends like this in the States um, specifically in the South, I mean, they pastor older congregations. You know, he said, what do you do when you start to have multiple funerals? And so how do you do all that? How do you, mm-hmm. how do you do that as a church? How do you minister? How do you do hospital visits when you can't go to the hospital? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you, how do you, that he said is the potential crisis. Yeah. Um, he said, getting your sermon up online is not the crisis. No. And he's, and, and that was really good. And then, the, the fourth um, the fourth step he said is to recover and reemerge. 
like that's that's when you how is this going going to change us as a church like how, like i'll tell you right now I, I i already feel like um you know you and i've had these conversations offline a lot but we talked a little bit about this on the podcast but you know god's really been stirring in my heart and yours as well over the past year or two you know that just something is fundamentally wrong with the church in the west mm-hmm. for years now and um you know you and I, as we go through this prayer cohort, you know, with the uh, strategic renewal, Acts 6 4, right? They committed, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the word of God and to prayer, and yet we don't pray. And, um, and we're just running after so many shiny things, and we're not pursuing the gospel, we're not pursuing prayer, those things like, like the early church did. Yeah. And so he said, you know, the churches that recover and reemerge, what will that reemergence look like? Mm-hmm. And, Jeff said something really, Jeff Christofson uh, said something really fascinating. He, he said, he basically sees churches doing one of two things right now. He said, like, the first is just, you know, it's like a young leader coming into an established church that doesn't know any better. And he's like, now's my time to make all these changes. And he make he tries to take the church in a completely different direction and makes all these changes and whatnot. And and then he said on the other side of that, the pendulum is the, the guy that's like, Oh, this, this is going to be over in a few weeks. It's not that big of a deal. Let's just kind of go about business as usual. And Jeff said, he's going to miss the missional moment for his church. And, um, and I was like, man, that that's really interesting because that is what you see right now. Mm-hmm. You kind of see stuff. You kind of see churches who say like, we're going to do a million things. And I think we do need to pause and innovate and be creative with what we're doing right now. But I think we can go overboard. I think we can just try to do too much that maybe is not even helpful. But then on the, on the far end of that, I, I, I think we're going to see churches and leaders who are just like going to just kind of, they're not going to take advantage of, of the moment. It's kind of how we started out talking this morning, like, you know, about the, uh, about the preaching, right? Like, you should take advantage of of what people are feeling right now yeah. and speak the gospel into that anxiety. Speak the gospel, the prince of peace into that fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are the four things, you know, and, and uh, those the kind of four steps. Like, man, that's, that's pretty good. We should talk about those. Absolutely. No, that's great stuff, man. Um, I think that... You know, it'd be interesting to even, you know, talk maybe, you know, specifically, tangibly, like, what does it look like to kind of, you know, find that happy medium between, um, you know, kind of just... Uh, not seizing this moment and opportunity to see like what's God doing and also kind of maybe, uh, you know, overcorrecting and trying to do, you know, a million different things. I, 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 I do, I have seen both as well, like reactions I've seen, uh, you know, another thing I've seen too is uh, I've seen a lot of, you know, just, uh, you know, people who are like proponents of like online ministry kind of going the see, we told you so you should have listened to us all along kind of deal. I've seen a lot of that that also from the missional, uh, you know, house church movement guys like see, should have listened to us. Like if you're ready to get on, you know, so there's a lot of that going on too that, you know, so I, do I think that this means that we all need to shift to, you know, missional house church models? No, I don't. Uh, you know, I do, do I think that this means that this ought to, 
really make us think really hard about how dependent are we on our buildings or on our programs? Absolutely. I think it should. Uh, do yeah. I think we should reevaluate how, how dependent we are on maybe our a quote unquote Sunday morning experiences at different churches or, you know, yeah. or, you know, how dependent you are on your, you know, your preaching and, and centering everything around that. Absolutely. We should. Um, I think this is an opportunity to really teach people, like I think we've we've got the opportunity to really teach people what what the church actually is, and I, and that's kind of ironic actually when you think about it because we actually can't physically gather together as as the saints at the moment, and yet isn't it yeah. just like God to use something like that to maybe to teach us the value of doing just that, and to teach us what it actually means to be the church, and to gather together as the church in a time when we actually can't. Um, and I, I think we could go one of two directions here. I think that this, some people, you know, some churches, uh, may miss the boat and miss the opportunity to learn this lesson. And, and I think that if you, if you just think that, well, I'm just going to keep doing what, we're not, what we've been doing, we're just going to do it online. Then I think you're missing a really golden opportunity here. Um, but I think that if you kind of go, wait a second, what is God trying to teach us about, you know, what we, our focus should be when we get, when we do get to gather together again as the saints. Um, so I don't know. Those are just some of the thoughts that have been ruminating around in my head. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I think my goal coming out of this is that when fellowship Pickering comes back together, we're much closer um, than we were before, mm. but to, to, that, that we would, uh, that every church would be, but that, you know, that we would, we would say, man, we, we um, you know, we shouldn't take this for granted. You know, we shouldn't take this for granted that we get to come together and that we get to be together and we get to, you know, hug or, you know, or the people who are don't like hugging, you know, the air <laughs> high five or fist bump or whatever it might be, you know, um, like, I just think there's a lot of things that this, something like this can really wake us up towards to, to realize what the church is all about. You know, I was, um, on a call, we we're, we're praying through before all this happened. Well, we obviously can't do it right now, but, um, before all this happened, you know, as a church, we're, we're praying through and, and, uh, researching, uh, uh, hosting a, a, a refugee uh, church uh, planter from Iran and um, and you know Canada just now there's a window right now Canada passed a law where um, people who are religiously persecuted uh, churches can sponsor them and so we're praying through that and how we could be a part of that and doing all that and I was talking with somebody who's connected with this brother and he's, uh, he's from the UK and he was telling me you know like in in Iran and Persian countries, he said that the government, specifically in Iran, like when churches get to 40 to 50, they they tell them they can't meet together no more. Like they make them stop and they that they have to start a new one. Same, we've heard this before in places like Cuba before under Castro's regime. But like um, he said, a lot of them are going online. And he said, so many people are coming to Christ and so many leaders are emerging that they, they don't they, they don't they can't even train them at the same at a quick enough rate mm-hmm. to prepare them you know and but that's not like an unusual story it's we see we we see that in so many different places around the world outside of the west 
and specifically here in North America, where these ministries they're 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 not they're not contingent on a on a meeting space with a certain size of people with X amount of of uh, you know all the bells and whistles or whatever it is that you think you need or don't need or whatever. And it's just a good reminder that when you have the Holy Spirit and you have the gospel, that's really all you need. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, man, what else have we, what have we added? Like, what have we added that, that is not necessary to see movement? Mm-hmm. That's something that I'm really thinking through and praying through and, and all those kinds of things. And I'm with you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, you got to just push up push this model away and go to that model or because you know that we're in the West for a reason. God's put us here for such a time as this, you know? And so we've got to be wise with how we try to reach our mission field and, and how we do that. So it might not look the same, but it is interesting. It does make you think, and it does make you wrestle with some of this stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the practical things that uh, church planners should be thinking about during this time, just as they kind of help their churches navigate through the next, um, you know, probably a couple of months? Well, that's a great question, man. I, um, I think first and foremost, uh, I don't think that people, I haven't seen a lot of this sentiment, but I've seen a little bit of this sentiment from people. I think first and foremost, you know, we want to be good neighbors to the people that we're trying to reach with the gospel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have seen this a little bit from guys who are like, you know, uh, this pandemic has no power in Jesus name. I'm not going to social distance and I'm not going to cancel my church service and I'm not going to abide by this rule. And, you know, to be frank, I I just think that's being a bad neighbor right Mm -hmm. now. I mean, it's just there are people who are vulnerable statistically there's people who have weakened immunity systems there's people who are elderly mm-hmm. you know and and um and while people who are not in that at risk state what what kind of jesus are we representing to a world when we say it's not going to affect me so why would i care yeah right i mean it's just selfish and so um so i think that's one side i think on the other side i think we don't have to be consumed by fear. We don't have to be led by fear. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be consumed by anxiety and led by anxiety. That's not of the Lord. As a matter of fact, 365 times Jesus says, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Do not be fearful. So we, we have it for every day of the, the year, literally not to be afraid. So mm-hmm. if Jesus told us not to be afraid that much, he probably knew that we were going to struggle with fear and anxiety. Yep. So I think right now, as a leader, to answer your question, we've got to teach our people these principles. You know, the, the whole the whole thing that I keep praying that what comes out of this whole mess is that we will mobilize our people to be on mission, that it will mobilize mm-hmm. our people to be the hands and feet and, and light and salt of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I think we've got to teach our people not to walk in fear, teach our people that it doesn't matter ultimately what happens. Christ is on his throne. He's everything's going to work out. God, God, this, none of this caught God by surprise. Uh, you know, he's, he's ready for it. And, um, so that, those are a couple of things. Mm-hmm. And then just a few practical things. I was thinking this morning, man, 
what a shame it would be if we're quarantined for all this time and we have all this extra time seemingly to spend the, with the Lord and to pray and to read our word and to get close to our family. And as you and I were talking about, you know, get closer to our church and we don't take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I think that right now it's super easy to waste your time yeah, uh, or to put a ton of time and energy into making sure, you know, what you're putting out there on, on, um, you know, on your online formats and stuff like that is just so slick and so good and all that stuff. And I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, everybody's going to have different qualities and different levels on, based on their expertise. You know, somebody like Jen, your bride, I mean, she's, she's gifted at all that stuff. It's going to look great what she does, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think that ultimately we got to be good stewards of the time right now that God's given to us. And I think that, um, just knowing how the enemy works in church leaders' lives, um, you know, idle, idle hands is the devil's handiwork. And so, when idle time, when we have idle time, and when we, if we're not careful, I think we can really get into a lot of sin right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, yeah, I think we. Can, I've heard that. Um, I've heard yeah. that the hits on. Um, you know, the largest pornography website out there, I'm not even going to say it just cause I don't even want to give them any publicity, but I've heard that they've, um, like exponentially increased, uh, over the last week and a half, uh, that sure. their traffic has just skyrocketed. That. So, yeah, I believe that. Yep. Yeah. I, I think, think if we're not careful at the end of this, we're going to have some guys that are disqualified, mm, yeah. um, you know, yep. getting into things that they shouldn't be into. You know, we all talk about the positive aspect of technology, but listen, there's a lot of bad aspects of technology. The, they, I read this a few years ago, um, but like, I, it was, it's a high percentage that the majority of the extramarital affairs that take place now take place through social media outlets like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. That's where they get started. Um, yep. Yeah, that's where they get started. Um, so you got more time on your hands. You know, you just got to be careful. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think another thing uh, just practically for, you know, thinking through for leading our churches during this time is I think it's a really good opportunity for us to help uh, teach our church members how to care well for one another. Um, because, like, you know, you're going to have church members that are in need in your church, uh, you know, whether that's spiritual need, you know, struggle with depression, there's probably going to be people whose hours are going to get cut. There's probably going to be people who are going to lose their jobs when it's all said and done. I mean, they're talking about, there could be a lot of people that find themselves out of a job at the end of this. And, you know, I know that the government is talking about stimulus packages and they want to, you know, the government is going to come to save the day or what have you, but what an opportunity we've got as the church to minister to one another. You know, I was just reading again this morning, in, in Galatians chapter six, you know, Paul says, you know, uh, to bear one another's burdens. Right. And like, yeah. and he, you know, reminds us in Galatians six, that our first and foremost priority and responsibility is to minister to the needs of the saints, to minister to one another, yeah. right? Like we ought to be concerned about the needs around us in the community, but actually our first priority as Christians is to the church. It's to one another. And so, um, you know, I, you know, Paul says in Galatians 6.10, he says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And yeah. so like we need to be thinking about how do we 
come around one another. So how do we encourage our people to reach out to each other, to spend time with each other via, you know, video call? I told people like, look, you know, as, as long as it's still, you know, uh, you know, permissible and, 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 you know, our authorities aren't saying it's unwise, you know, go to each other's house for dinner, you know, things like that. If you're feeling well, or, you know, do a discipleship call over video, uh, check in with each other. Uh, and then we, we've taken our, our elders and our staff and we've divvied up our, all of our congregations. So that includes church members. It includes those in the membership process and it includes regular attenders. And we have assigned each person to an elder or a church uh, staff member, and we are, our role is to check in with every single person who's in connection with Pillar DC on a weekly basis. And so just calling them up. How are you doing? How can we pray? How can we meet your needs? And we've able to been, we've been able to increase our benevolence fund and we have used it already and we're going to continue to use it. Um, and I'm in, I mean, and during this time, like I'm encouraging our people, Hey, give more, give even more generously during this time. Let's, let's follow the example of the Macedonian church that Paul talks about in second Corinthians eight. And it says that out of the abundance of their poverty, they gave in a severe test of affliction, uh, and they gave cheerfully and with joy. And so, you know, we want to model that as a church. So we're going to, as a church as a whole, we're going to increase our giving during this time. We're not going to run afraid. We're not going to be worried that, oh no, you know, our budget's going to run out and, you know, we, you know, our tithes are going to go down. We're going to, we're going to give more in a severe test of affliction and, you know, uh, and, and teach our people really how to, how to care for each other. So. No, it's a, that's good, man. That's it's good. Good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's so important to, 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 to utilize this time, utilize the opportunity to, to help our people grow closer together. There's so many one another commands in the new Testament, you know, and you think about Paul, I think if you could, I think if you could, if you had to say, what is the one dominant like theme of Paul's epistles, you know, his letter, I think it's unity. You know, you ultimately have to say unity in Christ, unity in the gospel of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And so how, how are we going to keep our people unified around the gospel during this time? I think one thing where you have to be aware of this, there's a lot of competing voices right now in, in, in our people's, um, you know. Oh, yeah, because they're, on, they're online all day. They're online yeah, all they're time. On, they're online all day, right? And Good so, voices and um, bad voices. Uh, yeah, good voices and bad voices. So, yeah, absolutely. I like what you shared. We're doing a lot of the same stuff, man. Just I won't repeat it. We're, we're basically doing the exact same thing. We just for our, our, our listeners out there looking for some practical ideas. I think it's really good. We've we've uh, basically broken all of our stuff down into to teams and um, through our life groups and to where everybody's being receiving a text, email, phone call, um, video every week. Every single person, like even our guests that have visited over the past six months, we're reaching out to those people, making sure that they have some kind of care. Um, you know, and I think that's a that's a uh, good reminder for all of us, like. You've had guests. If you have a, hopefully you have a tracking system or program in place where you've got guests. Now's a great time to circle back around and follow up with them. Yeah. Um, and and show some support and let them see what what they are potentially missing, mm -hmm. not being a part of a, a church family. One of the things that we're doing also is um, it's, it costs us about two hundred fifty dollars a week to rent the our space that we use. Maybe a little bit more than that, uh, or a little bit less, but around that ballpark. 
And so we're trying to commit to give that away every week to somebody who needs it. That's great. Um, you know, so you got to be careful with how you do that and, and mm-hmm. your process for how you do that. But just trying to just trying to say to your point, Jared, to try to say we're not going to be afraid. We're not going to say, oh, we got that. We got to store away. We got to put away we, for a rainy day. You know what I mean? It's like, no, mm-hmm. you can't do that. And um, hey, listen, giving might be down just because people aren't physically able to if people give or whatever. But most people give online anyways, these days, a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's wise also to make sure we're, if you don't have that already, now's a great time to get some online giving. Oh, yeah. I know that's a real, that's a real problem that we've had in um, the city and across the country here again, up here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And we're helping church planners all across the nation, especially international get, church planners. They don't have, they don't have yes, online giving set up at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it's man, the same here in DC. A lot of the international yeah. guys, a lot of them don't even have websites. So no, no, I mean, like we need to pray for those brothers too because mm-hmm. they they just think differently about those things yeah. too, right? So I mean, we want to help help them. You know, Clint Clifton. Um, you know, we did a call with us. Uh, you know, Clint's the uh, actually just became the vice president of something and Nam. <laughs> I don't even know what his new title is, but he's, he's, yeah. uh, he's up there now. Um, but he's been the sin, sin city coordinator for the North American mission board in DC for, uh, years and years now. And so, um, and he's, he's a, a friend of mine and, and Matt's that he was sharing just last week with a call on a call with us, just how, um, you know, this is a vulnerable time for many church plants. And like this, this whole thing has the opportunity or the potential to really, uh, to potentially snuff out a lot of church plants that financially are barely hanging in there or the planters are barely hanging there and they're emotionally. And so like one of the things we need to do, like, especially just church planner or, you know, Christian Christ follower, if you're listening, be praying for church planners, especially for those churches that are that are struggling and look if you're yeah. i saw somebody make this suggestion i can't remember who it was but i loved it um but if you're a church plant that is in a good spot right now and you have uh, god has blessed you and you're not in danger of closing down like consider like supporting like contact your city missionary or con you know if you if you're part of a church plant network contact your network and go is there a church plant in our network that is struggling whom we can support during this time like what if you yeah. could help keep a church from its doors closing during this time what a what a fantastic opportunity to show what it looks like to be about the kingdom and not about our own churches only uh, during this time and so uh, I, I definitely encourage every planner to consider doing that. If you have anything at all, if you have any margin at all, uh, consider being generous and helping other church plants that may, because especially the international church plants, these guys are going to, these brothers are going to need our help during this time. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, look for ways that you can just be a blessing to church planners right mm-hmm. now. Like for example, um, yeah, I think zoom and like ring central, we're doing our stuff through ring central at fellowship Pickering. Um, that's the format that we're using, but it's like 20 bucks a month to, to go like to premium to do if like, if you have a, a per, for like, if you, if like, uh, for like each life group, for each life group leader, you have to pay a lot of money to, to get them set up. Mm-hmm. And, um, right now they got like some not-for-profit deals, I think going on for zoom and ring central. They're like taking away like a 40 minute free premium thing. Um, but it still costs money. So 
just as something as simple as that to be able to help church planners right now stay connected virtually is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at like, you know, 20 bucks a month to, for, for a few months just to help people, you yep. know, like some, do something really practical. Yeah. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention that I'm, we're kind of like sort of going, uh, uh, back just a second for something else we were talking about, um, in terms of just helping to foster, you know, community within your church when you can't meet together personally. Uh, one of the things that we're going to start doing, and, um, we kind of stumbled on this, uh, earlier this week and it, it worked kind of well. And so we're going to be more intentional about it is like following up on our, depending on how you're doing your Sunday morning services, we're going to pre-record ours this week. Um, but then what we're going to do is we're going to put a link in the comments um, for a Zoom call uh, a Q&A time. So because I, I want to be as intentional I can, as I can about creating opportunities for I us like to, to, idea, to interact. Because like if we're not, if it's just all you know, are, are people watching us talk and watching us teach? Uh, I don't want it to be where just one person's using their spiritual gifts and people aren't getting to interact. Because usually when we gather together on Sundays, like we're praying together during our service, we're, you know, Mr. We'll do discussion questions and things after the sermon sometimes. And, you know, and so I want to find ways to do that digitally. And so we're going to have a Zoom call link where people can jump on. And all we're going to do is we're just going to ask people to share, hey, what did you get out of the, the, the sermon? you know, this morning, how can you apply it to your life? What question, what follow-up questions do you have about the text? And we're just going to have a discussion about it. Um, and we'll have a moderator who will kind of just, you know, um, help keep us on track and, uh, just as a easy way to help, help us kind of quote unquote, hang out online after the service is over much the same way we would in person. No, I like that. That's a good idea, man. Um, yeah, I've heard all kinds of just like really creative, creative ways so that's that's a good thought hey another thought too for just a real practical for church planners um you need to know who is vulnerable in your church to this thing Mm -hmm. you know you need to have a list of those people um when i was listening to that webinar um last week with stetzer and uh jeff christopherson um they they suggested that i think stetzer did he suggested you know to have a list of everybody in your sphere of influence within the uh, within the, uh, your church community who is vulnerable, but he mentioned something I thought was really good. And you talked about it earlier too, vulnerable physically, like elderly or compromised immunity systems, whatever it might be, but also vulnerable economically. So, uh, waiters, waitresses, small business owners, personal trainers, those types of people right now are very vulnerable economically, financially, because they're, they're being hit by this, you know, and, um, if this thing keeps going where it's going and the government really shuts things down, it, you know, then there's going to be a lot of people. And to your point, no matter if the government gives stipends or help or whatever, you know, we got to be careful not just to outsource everything to the government that yep. the church should be doing. Yep. And I think it's important to do that. Um, one thing also that, that we've really... Um, I was talking with a friend of ours the other day. Uh, we've had him on the podcast before, Sebastian Vasquez, but Saban, I was talking about this. And, but my wife, Erica, had found this group in our community, and they're, they're called this, this care, they're called care mongers, the care monger group. I don't know if you've heard that term or not, um, but it's for Durham region where we're at. And she joined that group, and um, 
and somebody will just post on there a need. So like this lady was like, um, I, I have uh, a, a, a niece and she needs size four diapers. Um, can, can I live here? Can somebody, mm-hmm. if somebody's out and about, can they get that? And, you know, Eric has already done a couple of things, you know, and Saban and I was talking about this, how important it is, because especially for our church plant planner and listeners, we think that when something like this happens, we got to develop and create our own thing. We got to be cool. We got to be unique in how we do things and stuff like that. Man, now's a great time to link arms with your community. So like something that simple, you don't have to always create something new. We've talked about this principle before on this podcast, but jump in where where people are already being very helpful. And it's also a great way to be missional because you're going to be around a lot of lost people mm-hmm. and you're going to get you're going to get to, you know, share the gospel in different outlets and different ways and stuff like that. And so that's that's a really um, important thing to remember during this time as well. You don't always have to start something new. No. Jump in with what what your community's doing to be helpful. You're talking about this food bank right before we start recording and what you guys are doing at Flow DC. Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, you know, we're just, we have a local ministry that we uh, we're actually already partnering with. It's like a foster and adoption uh, ministry. They help at risk families and then they also help, you know, foster families, um, families that are, you know, wrapped up in that system and they have a lot of needs, um, for just household goods and food. And so we're, uh, we've organized this kind of a drive amongst our church. We got a couple of people who are, uh, we're asking people to like fill up grocery bags with food. And then we've got a couple of volunteers that are going to drive around next week and pick all those bags up and then deliver them to this ministry. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, and it's something that, um, you know, I've already, like I just caught, I just actually announced it to our church earlier today, and uh, I've had an incredible response from people. <laughs> just like everybody's like wanting to get involved in it, w- wanting to do what they can to help. So uh, it's pretty cool. There, there are lots of creative ways uh, to be on mission during this time, um, and it's again kind of like you were sharing earlier from the webinar. Uh, our biggest concern right now shouldn't be like getting our sermons online, you know, stuff like that. Like uh, those things are important, yes, but ultimately. Uh, they're, uh, I, you know, at the end of the day, what's going to really make the biggest impact and what's going to, you know, um, you know, have a lasting effect is doing things like, you know, teaching our people to care for one another, to be on mission, uh, mm-hmm. some, like some of the things we've, we've talked about on this episode. So, um, yeah. man, it's good stuff, Matt. Um, we, uh, we're up against it and running out of time, but, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to thank our listeners for tuning in. For another episode of In the Trenches, uh, we're uh, sorry this episode was a week late, but you know a pandemic hit the globe, so uh, we hope you'll excuse <laughs> us for excuse. that. Yeah, so that's our excuse. But um, yeah, we uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure if you haven't before that you subscribe to In the Trenches. You can uh, subscribe We're on all sorts of platforms like iTunes yeah. and Spotify, Google Play. Uh, so subscribe to us on your favorite platform. You can also find a link to all of our other episodes that we've ever done, which is quite a few of them, on www.getinthetrenches.com. Uh, we've got tons of content up there. Uh, and uh, make sure you leave us a five-star rating on your favorite platform as well. Um, so the more five-star ratings we get and reviews that get left, the more uh, opportunity church planners and others are going to have to find this podcast whenever they search for church planning podcasts. And so uh, hopefully you can help us out with that. Uh, we're going to be back next month with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. Church planners.